want to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a show here on WEHC-FM 90.7, WISC-FM WISE 90.5, where we get to talk with an Emory & Henry graduate and find out what's going on. I'm your host, Monica Hoyle, the Alumni Director at Emory & Henry, and today I'm just tickled pink that my guest is a 2018 graduate, Jess Meyer. How you doing, Jess? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so great. Tell me this. Okay, I like to ask people this. Did you ever sit on the duck pond wall with your pals and have a conversation? Oh, of course. And so many photos and photo shoots and homework times, all sorts of things. Okay, that makes me feel good. I asked that to somebody one day and they were like, no, nobody ever sat on the wall. I was like, (laughs) how's that possible? I thought everybody did. Absolutely. You have followed a cool career path. I'm kind of jealous of you. I'm not going to lie. You're doing cool stuff out out there in the world. Tell everybody what your job is these days. Oh, so right this moment, I'm a logistics director for a summer camp, which basically means I get to plan all the adventures. Um, And it's a a non-traditional program. So we're out taking teenagers backpacking, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, all sorts of expeditions and adventures. And I have been doing that in the field with those teenagers for four or five years. And just now I'm in the office and planning all of that behind the scenes. Oh, my gosh. Well, can you tell us the name of your camp or is that some you know guarded information? Oh, it's top secret. It's called Adventure Treks. <laughs> Adventure <laughs> Treks. And who are the kids who get to come? Um, it's just like a regular summer camp program. It's whoever would like to be enrolled, but we take students um, all the way out west. Most of the programs are out on the west coast, up to Alaska, some in British Columbia. This year we're going to Peru with a group of students. Um, so it's really motivated students who are generally academically talented and also socially excited to make new friends. They're really interested in living outdoors for a month at a time. And we get a lot of just funny, genuine, lovely teenage humans. Oh my goodness. I hardly ever hear anyone say lovely and teenage in the same breath. I adore teenagers. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you have found the right place to be. I know, I know. They have so much to teach us about the world. And it's the perfect age range where they're really starting to know themselves and know what they want out of their lives. And they have so much to say. Where's your office? Where's the camp based out of? Yeah, so we're based in like a half an hour south of Hendersonville, North Carolina, which is about half an hour south of Asheville, North Carolina, which is a long way of saying kind of the middle of nowhere (laughs) in North Carolina. (laughs) But we also have a base camp out in Washington, also in the middle of nowhere in Washington State. And so we operate from there in the summers. So I do get to travel a little bit, even when I'm not in the field with students, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. You take these kids to Peru and the West Coast. What this? Is, I thought you just like sat in the trees in North Carolina somewhere. These are big trips. <laughs> well, I love to sit in the trees in North Carolina as well. But yes, these are big trips. We have kind of a, a spectrum of length of trip and intensity of trip. And some of these students are climbing 14ers out in California and Colorado. And okay, wait, doing, wait, wait. What's a 14er? Oh, 14,000 feet or more. Oh. Amount. So maybe you're climbing in um, crampons because there's snow all the way up to the peak and and maybe you have an ice axe to keep stop yourself from sliding back down the mountain so those are sort of intense adventures we do a lot of backpacking 
lots of whitewater rafting. Students love rafting, as do I. <laughs> well, wait, so do you climb these mountains with them? I do. That's actually my least favorite thing to do. It's the one that sounds the most exciting, but it's kind of my least favorite. But I love the backpacking. That is my number one adventure. Well, you say it and- sounds the most exciting, but you kind of lost me at using an ice pick to keep from sliding back down you lost me right there well yeah me too me too but kids love it how many kids at at a time do you have on a camp adventure oh we got 24 kids and six adults six instructors i know it's a lot but it turns out to be a really good thing so we can split into small groups big groups it's a big social circle rather than just a small selection of folks and then who knows if they'll get along we have a lot more wiggle room with more (laughs) folks i see your point because it would yeah if you just had six people and they didn't like each other well there you go pretty stuck you know we're going to talk in a minute about what you did at emory and henry to prepare you for some of this but let's go let's go way back jess why do you enjoy this kind of thing so much what did you grow up doing outdoorsy stuff I did. Yes. I grew up with a very outdoorsy dad and we went camping and hiking and we went kayaking, not whitewater, but like on a lake. We'd kayak over and take our stuff with us and camp on the the edge of the lake and kayak our way back. And I have lots of childhood memories of being outside and adventuring. I also was pretty convinced that like fairies and goblins and (laughs) hobbits and ogres and all of that were fully real and true until I was deep into my teens. Um, And I think that I was a fairy for a little while. So I had a a deep connection with nature as a kid and mostly played outside as a kid. Um, And then that has translated into a lifelong kind of love of being outside. I think it's the place where I reset and where I am the most myself. And I love being able to share that with, I mean, with other adults, but also with kids who don't get that chance to remember that we're all just creatures on the earth and that out in the in the wilderness in the natural elements is kind of where we get to be the most true to ourselves. I feel like I just want to say and we're done because that was so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I just love and and sing. (laughs) That was just that was so great. You know you don't have to be hanging off of a mountain to enjoy nature like that because it sounds like you have found that joy in just being outdoors. Oh, absolutely. My two favorite nature activities are trail running and building little boats out of sticks and rocks to float down a stream and see how far they make it. Oh gosh, that's too fun. Well, it's as simple as that. <laughs> that No, I totally, totally get it. It's just being out there. You sound like, I feel like you're like Mary Oliver's offspring, like you just were born out <laughs> of her head. Where did you grow up? I grew up about half an hour north of Asheville, so about an hour from where I'm currently living, All kind right. of surrounded by the Blue Ridge, close to the parkway, um, in the mountains. I want to go back for a second because I would be remiss not to. Let's talk about fairies and goblins. So your your belief in that was just because the outdoors was so magical? Absolutely. And that was all of my my childhood storybooks. I loved to read about fairies and to read about all the things in in the nature and in the woods and then was just convinced that it was all true. I'm not I'm saying this as if I no longer believe in these things. I absolutely do. As a kid, I was putting out 
was making fairy houses and putting out dishes for them to have meals together and thinking about, will they be comfortable in this house? I'm not sure I should add some padding or something. <laughs> well, so so how has your belief in the fairies um, evolved? Ooh, that's a good question. I still fully believe in them. And I still think that I can will make a great hobby out of fairy house building sometime later in life when I have a little more time. Right. But I also really love just the folklore around fairies and goblins and spirits and sprites and all sorts of things. I was in Iceland recently and did a lot of reading about kind of the folk culture of the um, trolls in Iceland and how present things like that still are in so many cultures. Tell me about one of your favorite childhood books. Okay, one that I actually, it's it's a kid's book, but I just read it recently. Wildwood. It's called Wildwood. Wildwood. And, and it's got all of, it's a female heroine um, and then all kinds of talking animals and kind of slightly magical elements, but it's really nature-based and protecting the forest-based. And it's like a child's guide to becoming an ecologist. I love but that. Fiction. Yeah, beautiful. And then I think I read my, my favorite series as a kid was uh, Fairy School. Not a whole lot of substance to it, but it was a group of fairy friends who all went to fairy school together, and I was captivated. Well, I think that I this is a this is a fun um, insight into into you. I don't think <laughs> I'd ever had this conversation. I'm really enjoying that. Well, and I love that you admitted that it was a kids' book. Honestly, I get so much out of kids' books. Yeah, I have to kind of alternate between quote unquote real books, adult reading, <laughs> and. Some some young adult and some particularly good young readers stories. It just keeps you interested in reading. You got to mix it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. I just found out there's a new Hunger Games book. And I was like, why did no one tell me? Oh, yeah. I feel like I should have gotten a call. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so back to you. You're doing all this great work, which is very, very exciting. Is this what you planned to do? Is this what you plan to do after you left Emory? Absolutely not. In that's that funny. Way. This is exactly <laughs> what I would have imagined you doing after Emory Henry. So you're like, nope, that's not what I had in mind. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I think it's what everyone is like, oh, this makes so much sense. And of course, this is what you were going to do after school. And I had no plan coming into ENH. I had no plan leaving ENH. I had a whole lot of passions in both directions, lots of interests, lots of inspiration, lots of great mentors. And um, no true direction. But I have really enjoyed this direction that I've ended up in. Well, what were you going to do? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, you didn't. Oh, you just had no plan. No, I really had no idea. What did you major in? um, Double major in sociology and mass communications. And then working in the outdoor program. And that's why I stayed an extra year um, working at the outdoor program after I graduated. Right. And. Because I was like, well, I'm, I'm good at this, and I really love doing it. And they had the, the position open, and I was like, well, might as well. And I think that's what really got me thinking about doing that professionally. Okay, that's a hoot and a holler. Um, I, want to remind, yep. I want to remind everybody, we're speaking today with Jess Meyer, Emory & Henry Class of 2018. 
um, who I, I who knew did not plan to be leading outdoor adventures, but that's what she's doing and taking teenagers on big adventures to the the Pacific Northwest and to Peru and all kinds of crazy mountaintops and just doing cool things. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with the outdoor program because it was still a relatively new thing when you came along, right? Relatively, yes. Um, I remember the very first time I walked into the building on my orientation tour of campus <laughs> and I noticed the canoes hanging from the ceiling and I was like, oh my gosh, I belong right here. That's funny. I called my parents that afternoon and I was like, it's going to cost me a few more dollars, but I have to be part of this program. And they said, oh yeah, absolutely. So it was like literally my first hours on campus. I knew that that's where I wanted to be. And the adventure team didn't come around until I was in my senior year. And then the year afterward that I spent as the outdoor program intern, but Prior to that, I was a trip leader with the outdoor program, made a lot of very close friends through that program, and just learned so much about the things that I love to do. I learned a lot about whitewater kayaking, which I had never done before coming to Emory Henry. Wow. And really fell in love with. I'd been backpacking and hiking, but I got to do so much more of that and to teach other people, both my peers and then in the summers got to teach some high school students for our summer adventure programs um, and discovered my love of teaching and specifically teaching outdoorsy things yeah. that I feel really comfortable and, and competent with and feel like second nature to me teaching that and discovering that I have the patience to really enjoy teaching and enjoy sharing those skills with other people. Um, and Outdoor program friends were kind of my my closest people through most of my college life. I, that is that is a great endorsement for the outdoor leadership program. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it's fabulous. I, I wish I could remember who it was, but I remember meeting someone like beginning of college career, whatever, and thinking, "Oh, that's a kid who was really really shy." And by the end of the, or by the beginning of the next year, she had gotten really involved in the outdoor leadership. And by the beginning of the next year, it was a whole new kid. She was confident. She was, you know, looked me in the eye and talked and was excited about things and was leading things. And I was like, that is a miraculous transformation. And I see that happen in some form or fashion at Emory a lot, but you could tell that it was really the outdoor leadership program that had brought her to herself. Definitely. And I, I think something very similar happened to me. I had kind of grown out of my childhood shyness, but I still wasn't all that you know, outgoing. And at the end of my freshman year, Jim Harrison, the director of the outdoor program, said, hey, you're kind of good at this and you come on a lot of these trips. Would you be interested in, in learning to lead them? And I was like, huh, somebody noticed that I'm I'm good at something and that maybe I'd be interested in doing it. <laughs> Oh, sure. And it all kind of went from there. But yeah, there's just so much intention in the program given to not only like having fun outside and being safe and, you know, learning how to do both of those things at the same time, (laughs) but just so much attention given to seeing the people who come into the building and to really building better, cooler, tougher, stronger 
more excited humans through the outdoor program activities. Right. I could go on and on about how great it was. No, I think that's fantastic. And and it's certainly nice to talk to somebody who has been through that program and has, you know, great things to say about it. What do you, what do you say to people about the actual science of being outdoors and what it does for a person? Oh, you'll have to look some things up because I am, I'm never the one to count on to remember science. I know. Um, I know there's like a pheromone that I forget the name of about twice a day. Yes. But there is, there's something about, well, just a, a fun story. There's something about water hitting rocks. It breaks the molecule and somehow it makes you happy. Science people are going to have to fact check us on this one. It's, it makes negative ions or something. Either way, um, that is my kind of the extent of my science knowledge about the world. But I was telling that to a student who had never been on a hike before a couple of years ago. And then we hiked up to this waterfall and this student stood at the bottom of the waterfall and let it splash him in the face. Yeah. And just opened his arms out to this falling water and was like, Jess, I feel it. I feel the negative ions and they're making me happier. And I was like, yes, science. (laughs) It's good to be blinded with science. Exactly. I love to be blinded by science. I am in love with moss. I think that scientifically moss makes you happier, but I have zero evidence for that one. Well, just academically, moss makes me happy because it is the most incredible, like, living organism when you really read about it and understand it better. Absolutely. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I love being, you know, the source of information for people when they're like, what is this? What is that? What is this? What is that? And Mm -hmm. most of the time I say, I have no idea. Let's learn about it together. Yes. So much fun for me. And don't you think that's part of part of it is that is the whole, oh, my God, I will never understand all of this. But how cool to have something to learn new every day. Oh, absolutely. And we'll never understand even even the tiniest little bit of it. But we get to look at it and appreciate it and just not even get to the depths of what's underneath. What sort of things do you hear from the teenagers that you take out on these adventures? I mean, do they mostly sound like you you run into really great kids, but in addition to having started out with great kids, what do you hear from them at the at like the end of a trip? Oh, the biggest thing is that they are always dreading going backpacking and they hate it for about the first 4 hours and then by the end of the trip that is always their number one activity. It's always their favorite thing. And it's, it's not the high adrenaline, high adventure stuff. It's not the things where you need a guide and a bunch of equipment. It's carrying all of your things around with you and being just human powered travel by the end of the trip, almost across the board, every single student's favorite activity is backpacking. And I think that that says a lot about, what any outdoor program is trying to accomplish because all the things that we can do with our bodies outside with all the gear that we've developed and all of the you know the training that we have is amazing it's incredible but at the root of it the one that is often the most impactful is literally putting your food and your sleeping bag on your back and walking around to see things that you wouldn't be able to see in a car mm-hmm. that you can only 
be by walking to them and having that kind of uh, the up and down of emotional and mental challenge with the terrain and coming to understand yourself better because there are no distractions and there's really nothing else to do but walk and chat with your new friends. Well, and is there, I guess there's some element too of just saying, look what I did, look what I accomplished on my, you know, well, not on your own entirely when you were, were in a group, but you know, look at this thing that I wasn't sure I was even going to like, much less do well. And I did it and I grew from it. And, you know, I did it in a place that, you know, scientifically, even though neither you nor I can remember the name of the pheromone, but there's <laughs> in a place that is healthy and feels good. And, you know, it's it's a lot of, I would, it has to be a self-confidence builder. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. They learn that they can do so many things. And honestly, the, the feedback that we get most often from parents is that their students come home and cook a meal by themselves and the parents are just bowled over with joy. And, I mean, that part's great too. Some life skills thrown in there. But. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Well, all right. So tell me why it's, tell us why you think it's important for kids to be out there in terms of learning about conservation and the preservation of nature. Oh, definitely. I think it's amazing how disconnected we are from the natural world as humans, even those of us who are so close to it and enjoy it so much, I would say that I am fairly disconnected from nature and the natural world just because, you know, I live in a house and I work in an office and I drive a car and I'm not forced to interact with the natural world much more than like walking outside to my car two or three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a huge disconnect. And so when things like conservation come up and you know, the icebergs are melting and deforestation and the wildfire crisis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We have no connection to them until we've experienced them. And we can say all that we want about, you know, climate change and we got to save the planet and all these things. And all of them are great values, but until you really understand what it is that you're fighting for, it's hard to make a solid argument for it. And I think that the younger you can get folks connected and get like get kids, those memories, they remember hiking in the forest feeling confident, feeling really empowered, really connected to each other, to nature, to just having a body, being a body, um, that they can then connect that to, oh, I don't want the wildfire crisis to get worse because I liked hiking in those woods, not just because, you know, things are on fire. It just gives such a, a more personal connection. And I think as we know from any topic ever, There's not much that can be done without that personal connection because otherwise we have 600 million different causes we could care about um, and the ones that we're actually going to fight for are the ones that we have hands-on experience with. Yeah, that's really true. And sometimes it is overwhelming when you consider all the things, all the things that need our attention. But um, at the basis of it all is this nature thing that's kind of sustaining all life on Earth. Totally. 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 And, yeah, and I don't need every one of my students to become a conservationist or become a biologist or become an ecologist. But, you know, if one out of every summer follows that that path in life, that's 
one more incredible, like incredibly knowledgeable person out in the world who has that connection and has a reason to make a difference. Yeah. I have a bad habit of sneaking up on students who don't seem to know what they're doing and saying, hey, have you thought about environmental studies? Hey. <laughs> it's a wide open field. You can do a whole lot with it. Oh, it really is. Um, so I want to ask you this final question about, and I would make an assumption, Jess, but I'm realizing now that you're someone I should not make assumptions about. <laughs> I always ask people what it is from Emory and Henry, your Emory and Henry days, follows you into your life now as an adult out in the world. And I, I want to make an assumption that it was the outdoor leadership program. And yet I find myself surprised by you. So I'm not going to make that assumption. Um, the outdoor program is certainly one of them. But when you ask that question, the first thing that comes to mind is the amount of trust that is placed in students by faculty once there's a relationship built. And the reason I came to Emory & Henry is because of the, the small class sizes. And people said, oh, you get to know your professors and they, they know you as people and are supportive of your work because they know exactly what you are doing. And I found that to be very true, and that was all wonderful, but especially it was the trust that my professors were like, we know you're a good student, that's why you're here. And you can work on you know, whatever interests you, whatever catches your brain, and we're here to support that and make it better. And I think that's really followed me into the world because I'm like, I, I will come up with something that I'm interested in. And then I want to surround myself with the people who are excited about it for me and with me and who are going to help me along that path. And honestly, some of those people are still my professors that I'm closest to. I visit them every time I come back to Emory and we have tea together. <laughs> and having that lasting community of people who are like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing, but it's amazing. You're doing something great. Everything that you set your mind to is something great. And we're here to support you on that journey. I think that that is a really, really special part of ENH. And that was you know, my honors thesis research. No, that was completely out of the blue. And I had so much incredible support. That was the outdoor program. I would propose new trips and had entirely incredible support behind that. And it was just... It's a community of people who are really working for every student to succeed in traditional and non-traditional ways. And I think that that has also informed my teaching style when I have students out in the woods. You know, it's funny. I was saying the other day that sometimes you have to get sort of, you know, I don't want to say old, but you have to be down the road a little bit to really appreciate all those people that we were surrounded by as kids who really helped us out. But you you seem to have figured that a whole lot quicker than a lot of old people I know. Well, I've been graduated for a whole five years now. Oh I my gosh, I, I forgot. You you were, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonder you weren't on a rollator when you came back to homecoming this year. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Jess Meyer, Emory and Henry class of 2018. What a joy to talk to you and to catch up on what you're doing. Thank you for being on the Duck Pond Wall today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for asking, Monica. This is amazing. Oh, gosh, this has been fun. And I want to thank everyone for listening today to the Duck Pond Wall here on WEHC-FM 90.7, WISC-FM-WISE 90.5, 
This is the voice of Southwest Virginia. Thank you.